the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it, but my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when I was covering one of the protests. I didn't make a huge deal about it. I wouldn't want to be the focal point, but it's true. Some of the uh, protesters, they did. They damaged my vehicle. They broke the window on the side of my car. So what did I do? I brought it to West Fountain Auto Body, and you can call them today, 272-3340. I had to get it fixed. It was obviously damaged. They also damaged part of the door. And so I took it to West Fountain. I called Kenny at West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. It's Kenny and Patricia, West Fountain folks. They did a fantastic job. With me, I mean, that's there was only one place I was going to bring it. 
I needed to get my car fixed. Now, listen, if you're ever in an automobile accident, something happens to your vehicle and you need to get it repaired, call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340, 272-3340, the original, the best, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. It's West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 272-3340. They'll handle everything for you. If you're in an accident, something happens to your car, Bring it to West Fountain, 400 West Fountain Street, Providence, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. West Fountain Auto Body. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. We taste, we start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Folks, joining us right now, uh, he covers Rhode Island for the Boston Globe. It's Dan McGowan. Dan, you had a good uh, scoop, um, I I think there's something here, but is is the education commissioner uh, Angelica Infante Green is she staying in Rhode Island? I think it's too soon to say, John. Uh, but but I think <clears throat> what should be known is very clearly uh, New York has um, real uh, a real interest in her for a bunch of reasons. She's from there. She's worked in that department before. And then, obviously, they see they think she's done a pretty good job here in Rhode Island. Um, you know, to give you the sometimes, you, as you know, the way things get reported or the way you come upon a story uh, can matter, right? Because if if it happens to be a third party saying to you, "Hey, this thing is happening," you know, who knows? Maybe it's 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 the commissioner's like friends that are trying to prop her up or things like that. To be clear on this one. Uh, last Thursday or so, the you know the, I saw that the New York commissioner uh, was was stepping down in August. I reached out directly to the commissioner, and and the only question was, is New York or has New York approached you? And her very flat out answer immediately was yes, they have. Um, so so this is one of those things that's coming directly from her in terms of the interest there. Now, do I think she's uh, my gut is if they, if they, if she wants the job, she gets the job. I think it's that uh, much of a, she, she's that much of a favorite. Although, um, you know, I, I think she does feel as though she wants to get a little bit more done in Rhode Island. I think she, she knows it's kind of a bad look to, uh, you know, to jump ship relatively quickly. Uh, certainly when this came up last year, last October, actually, New York was interested at the time as well. Uh, and she very much kind of felt, hey, I haven't done anything yet, right? So uh, th- the difference now is she's now done something because distance learning was, what, you know, was really the, the uh, you know, the project that she piloted. Has she done anything in Providence yet? I think that's fair to, to debate. Um, but, you know, she has a little bit more experience as a leader under her belt now. So um, I, I think it's in play. I wouldn't, I'm not going to guarantee it by any means, but it's something to, to, to monitor because imagine, John, given everything else that's going on, imagine if, you know, we all wake up September 4th or 5th and suddenly the Rhode Island needs a new education commissioner on top of everything else. Well, <clears throat> many times um, when someone turns down a job, the response is, I'm not saying no, I'm saying not right now. Right. So, uh, so much, Dan McGowan, has changed with the whole COVID distance learning. I, the month of August is going to be pivotal. But to me, 
you know, I recognize she just kind of in some ways got here last year. But if that's the job you ultimately want, if that is the dream job, would it really make a difference whether it's now or who knows when it may be open again? Right. Um, do you think do you th- how much of this do you think depends on she seems adamant she wants the children in school? How much do you think could be depending on if the governor, for whatever reason, caves on the distance learning I think, for instance if i think, i think that's a it's, it's a really good question it's hard to come to overanalyze this but i would say that I, I think there's no question that that the governor and the commissioner are not uh they're not the best of friends right this is this is not she is not part of the governor Ramundo circle here no uh you know was brought in by by outsiders you know in, in many ways it is an outsider in many ways so I don't think that, you know, her decision here is based, you know, on, on any level of deep loyalty to the governor. Um, I don't think that the governor could do anything immediately to set to suddenly, you know, make her say, that's it, I've had enough, I'm out. So I don't know that that's the case, but I think you're reading into something that's, that's smart and that's important. I, and there's no question the commissioner wants schools to reopen. Uh, you know, I think she was caught off guard by the governor, you know, putting it out there so early back in June. I think now the commissioner is saying, you know what, I'm okay, I can execute this, I can make this happen. And now as you start to get into August, and you see folks being a little more wishy-washy, I think you're going to see today from the governor at her press conference, even more question, uh, questions about whether or not schools will reopen. I think if I'm the commissioner, I'm looking at this and saying, boy, you, you know, you told me you wanted me to get schools reopened. I'm working on that plan with every district in the state. And now suddenly, you know, a couple of a month later, you want me to, you know, maybe slow down or go to a hybrid model for, you know, some distance, some in school. So I think the mixed messages frustrate her. I just don't know that they would necessarily, they would, that that, that would be the reason she would leave. Dan McGowan, can you, if you'd be so kind, revisit last December, there was a back and forth between uh, the education commissioner and the very powerful head of the AFT, Randy Weingarten. If you wouldn't mind just reminding our, our listeners of that story. Absolutely. something That was very remarkable what happened. And I don't think it got enough attention from people, but that, that was a very remarkable thing that happened. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. It, it, no, I think you're right about this, John. You know, here, <laughs> here's basically the gist of it. The Randy Weingarten, who you and I have talked about a lot, most probably one of the two or three most powerful union leaders in the entire country, uh, comes yep. to Providence uh, to kind of rally the teachers in Providence, right? Teachers feeling a little defeated. They don't have a contract in place or they, you know, their, their contract is expiring. They're hearing lots of talk about, you know, total takeover by the state and reform and all the, you know, words that they often don't like. And so she comes in, she has a rally uh, with, with a bunch of teachers and she kind of flippantly says, you know, I've been texting with the commissioner and I, uh, and I tell her all the time that we're not going to put up with this essentially. Right. Um, and I went to the commissioner and I said, commissioner, is it true that you've had these text message exchange uh, exchanges with Randy Weingar? And she said, yeah, I'll show them to you literally handed me her phone and said, you know, here, here's wow. the breakdown. And what the, that tone was from the, the, the leadership of the, again, the national teachers union, the AFT president, um, you know, what wanted to have a say 
uh, in the contract negotiation in Providence and was, you know, you, I think you may have used the word threatened or threatening, um, was certainly pretty hostile towards Providence or towards the commissioner to make it clear that she is in charge and that, uh, in, in that, you know, they're not going to just put up with or, or have the state kind of walk all over Providence teachers. Why that was so significant is you never see that type of thing come out in public. Remember, I mean, this is going way above. Providence is not a small school district, but it is not exactly, you know, New York City either. And right. so for the for the president of the union to, you know, not just come here to rally the teachers, because that's one thing, but to have months and months, really, of text message exchanges where she's very clearly, you know, uh, kind of uh, being assertive and, and being very interested in what's happening in Providence. I thought that was a, you know, it, it was clear uh, that, that that was a significant deal. And no, judging by the rest of the, the way some of the reporters outside of Rhode Island kind of treated it, I think everybody was really stunned by it. Here, the, the challenge is I don't think people understood how serious it is when the, when the national union president comes in. You know, we can be a little bit parochial. We care more about Bob Walsh and the NEA than we do about Randy Weingarten. But nationally, it did play because it was a, uh, it was just a stunning kind of rebuke of the commissioner. And and Dave McGowan, if I remember, uh, Weingarten was like she was uh, very upset to say the least, and and it was kind of a game changer for her that the commissioner shared with you her text messages. Well, uh, you know, on a that that happened on a on a Saturday, and the uh, I, okay. I reported it on a Monday, but it happened on a Saturday, and Sunday night before the story was kind of set to publish. Uh, I got a call from directly from Randy Weingarten telling me that, you know, she'd never in her career had anyone do this type of thing to her. And, uh, and not, not in any way trying to get me to, you know, back off of it. She was just trying to, uh, I think she was trying to have her last say here. That it wasn't, it wasn't just that she was, you know, threatening through text messages. She wanted to make it clear, I don't even want anything to do with this commissioner now if this is kind of a game that's going to get played. So there is, uh, real hostility there. Uh, and by the way, New York is Randy Weingarten's backyard. Uh, if you bring it all you know, full circle, if the commissioner were to go to New York, she would surely have some challenges there uh, with Ms. Weingarten. Yeah, just to bring it full circle, I heard from someone that they are not on the same page, and it's very simple. <clears throat> you have Governor Raimondo right now, who last we heard is still being vetted by the Biden people, or at the very least... Um, you know, would be considered for potentially a cabinet position if the vice president wins the election. So you have someone who's being very careful and rightfully so, but just politically being very careful to avoid stepping in landmines. And then you have an education commissioner who, who very, I think, bravely displayed, like I have no time for any types of politics regarding some of these union people uh, and displayed that at the highest level possible. So that that for what it's worth, yeah. That's, well, that's what I was by, told. By the yeah. way, the commissioner. I mean, if you remember, I mean, you you were around for the beginnings of Gina Raimondo. The commissioner has sounded a lot like early Gina Raimondo, right? I, yes. I, I don't have time for the nonsense. I want to, you know, get. I want to get the job done. I mean, that that was right. That's why Governor Raimondo got elected governor. Yes, um, and then you just fast forward though when you have someone that potentially. Let's face it, the next month, the governor, who has done a, a very good job, you know, managing through this crisis, is looking to avoid any type of, 
you know, blow up right. or bad press or any like public displays. She is really geared um, seemingly right now to try to educate people on the safety of, of returning. But it um, I think that's going to be an interesting development to watch over the next month. And you rightfully point out um, she the, the education commissioner is someone that came in from the outside. She's not they get you know, they listen, they're, they're both ambitious. They're both very strong leaders. But I, I, I'm going to be the first one to say I, I wouldn't be surprised if this new New York thing comes through. So, yeah. um, well, and one, one last thought on it, John, I mean, I, I think for, for folks, you know, you don't, unless you understand sort of deeply education, you, you may not grasp this totally, but if you were to rank the most important jobs in education, you know, you'd certainly of course put the Betsy DeVos, the education secretary there, uh, but the New York state commissioner and then the New York city chancellor are, uh, as high profile, as well-paying, as highly visible of jobs as there are in education in the entire country. And so, you know, when you put it like that and you combine that with the fact that this is, you know, Angelica Infante Green, somebody who grew up in New York, who came through the New York system, both city and state, uh, for her to, you know, potentially be a, you know, a, 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 the candidate for this job, um, I think it, I, I think she has to think long and hard because these opportunities don't always come up, uh, and, they don't. and so she she does have to take this very seriously. Yeah, and and come on, you're talking that's a big job Absolutely. to turn down. Um, all due respect, and then come on, you, you're dealing with all this nonsense here. This is no easy layup in any way. You have to really decide. How vested do I want to be? This thing is not going to be fixed in six months or a year. This is would have to be. And the governor is term limited out. And, and by the way, something else that in defense of the commissioner, who, by the way, I do have tremendous respect for. I know you do. But the, the governor could, if something panned out with the Biden thing, you'd stay here. And then um, the governor could suddenly possible end up in Washington right. with a Biden administration. And then now you have to deal with a new person That's right. coming in. So I, I, all right, we'll wait and see. I think, I think the New York thing has come along at the right time for her. And if that panned out, I'd be happy with folks coming up. We're going to talk about uh, Dan McGowan also had some more in the schools, a lot more. He's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro show. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call today. Free consultation. It's Scott and Alex, 401-353-9300. Folks, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. But you can call. Free consultation, 401-353-9300. They're licensed Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. It's very simple. They're going to help you and your family save money. And maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance business insurance, auto insurance, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook. They also have a great website. It's aemazika.com. Call them at 401-353-9300. What about if you save $200 a month? It's like giving yourself a raise. How about that? An extra $2,500 a year, maybe even more. And also, this time of year, make sure you're covered. Maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis, or an RV, an off-road vehicle, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today, 353-9300-401-353-9300. Let them help you save money. It all starts with one phone call. 
A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. Why not? Let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise. 401-353-9300. Look for them on Facebook, and their website is aemazika.com. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400, 294-2400, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585, 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's My Health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. At It's My Health at 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family, plus hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in. Swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to stay with um, with the schools. You did uh, put out that there are four new principals yeah. in Providence. Is this unusual that they're only getting one-year contracts, or is that the norm? The one-year contract thing isn't particularly unusual. Here's what's unusual. Um, as much as the I, I like to believe Providence is the center of the universe, uh, the fact that they're getting four principals, uh, three of whom are from outside the region, one's from uh, Brighton, Mass., um, that's what's unusual. You do not see, you know, uh, a, an established administrator from, let's say, Kansas in, in one of these examples, you know, uproot everything and say, I want to go to Providence, Rhode Island to, you know, fix their struggling schools. Remember, there are thousands of struggling high schools all over the country, right? And so if you're a, you know, a hot ticket and you, you know, are for whatever reason are considered a reformer, I mean, you get tapped for the best jobs, the charter school jobs, you know, you can make a lot more money than, than you get paid uh, in Providence, Rhode Island. But what this shows you is it shows you, first of all, the commissioner uh, and Fonte Green's reach. Uh, she's an appealing figure beyond Rhode Island, beyond New York, quite frankly. And to his credit, the superintendent, I think the superintendent has shown that he has a national network um, that, you know, isn't quite as extensive as, as Infante Greens, but he's showing like, 
look, I want serious people. I want people who can come in and be change agents. That's what's so interesting about this. The way these jobs often work are, you know, you teach for a long time, you become an assistant principal, and, you know, maybe you end up in the job. And there are plenty of very, very good ones that do that. But this is a statement. This is a, we are going to bring in, in our, you know, think about Mount Pleasant High School, probably the lowest performing high school in the state for a yeah. generation, maybe more. Um, and, and suddenly you're, you know, you're bringing in somebody who has no ties to this school, no ties to this city, no ties to this state. Um, that is a major statement. Now, could it blow up? Of course it could. You never know with outsiders, you know, if, if they've run into issues with the union, you know, very easily you and I could be talking six months from now about how, you know, somebody quit or something like that. But I do think it's a significant deal. Uh, and by the way, the one-year contract, the reason why that's important to me is if I were coming from the outside, I would say, hey, you got to give me three years. You got to give me some time for to have one-year contracts. There's a real level of urgency uh, for some of these principals. They, they can't just sit back and take time to, you know, get to know the kids, as they say. This is going to be uh, come right in and, uh, you know, with the exception, of course, of distance learning and all that stuff, but come right in and make real change very quickly. This David Conradi, what, what do we know about him? Because I was told by a teacher yesterday that at Mount Pleasant, that's where the union president, Mary Beth Calabro, works out of. And many times people go to her instead of the principal. And it's almost been like that she runs Mount Pleasant High School. I, I think. What do we know about him? So I think, by the way, that's that's the case oftentimes with, with uh, certainly when you're the president and you're in a school. But, you know, yeah. depending on who the union delegate is in a school, um, you know, th these teachers, especially ones who have been around a long time, they don't like the administrator. They know who they can go to, right? They go to their, their union rep and, yep. uh, and you, you know, you can pretty much take care of everything. There's a reason why the unions, it's not just that everybody wants to play nice and have, you know, kumbaya moments when, when they say we're going to work together and bring people together. It's because you can't do anything without the unions, uh, just the way that the system works. The truth is, John, I don't know a lot about uh, any of these candidates. I just what I do know is, um, you know, they especially at Mount Pleasant with with this Dr. Conradi, um, you they wanted somebody who would come in and shake things up. That, that was the call to action. They did wow. conduct a real uh, a, a serious search. I know of several people who were uh, either in some form of or, or way, either applicants or had conversations about this job. So. Uh, you know, this is a this is a major move because it is it is unlike what normally happens, which, as I said before, what normally would happen is, uh, you know, it's 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 musical chairs. Right. It's you move the middle school principal to the high school and you see if the high school you know can change. And if it doesn't, you move the middle school, uh, you move that principal back down to middle school. And that's usually what happens here. Um, and, and so for it to be someone coming from outside the region, um, you know, I, I think that 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 person probably got a lot and all of these guys, I think, got a lot of assurances that they're going to have flexibility and freedom, um, all things that the union typically fights against. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you're you're starting the school year in a place of uh, kind of disagreement. And so uh, it's not going to be easy. It's not like everyone's going to be just welcomed in to to Providence schools. Dear McGowan, I received a text yesterday from a Providence teacher who I, who I know and said, here was the text. Um, I told you we weren't going back before Labor Day. Watch Channel 10 tonight. 
Governor Mundo yeah. did an interview on Channel 10 last night with, I forget the reporter, and said, well, we may have to push back <laughs> the start date a couple of weeks to make sure it's safe. Are you are you here? I'm hearing that some some kind of negotiation and session is going to be uh, they're going to give them like the first two weeks of September off. Yeah. What are you hearing about the going back? I, to school? So I was interested in that interview as well. And, and, uh, yeah. and Shelton did a nice job with it. And, and I think uh, you're you were right about this. You and I talked, I think, last week and we you know, I said, I don't know. I wouldn't place I wouldn't bet on it just yet. But uh, I actually think the, the superintendent or I'm sorry, the governor will say. Uh, at her press conference today, I think she'll give, I don't know if she'll definitely say, okay, we're not going to go back until after Labor Day, but I think she's going to lay out some of the metrics that the state needs to hit in terms of COVID numbers and test positive rates. Uh, and I think it's going to be fairly clear that it, it, it will be difficult unless something changes dramatically to get back in school. Um, I think they shot for the moon a little bit here. They, they really set that August 31st date very early. I mean, you know, one of the earliest places in the country to set a date to go back to school, um, even more than the southern to the southern states that, that actually start much earlier. Um, and so, you know, it was an ambitious goal. I think the governor's uh, likely to have to walk it back or to do some version of it. Right. You say maybe we start August 31st uh, digitally or virtually and maybe, you know, we get into school in, I don't know, mid-September October, you know, goes on and on. But I think that's true. I think you're, I think you are starting to see the governor walk it back a little bit. And, and, and uh, I would be surprised if everybody is in school on August 31st at this point. You know, I, I spoke to a politician who has a lot of experience with difficult situations and said, you know, listen, this pandemic is a fluid situation. It's kind of almost like a football game. Sometimes you make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you throw an interception. Sometimes it's a fumble. The governor announcing we're going to be back in school August 31st. It, it wasn't a huge mistake, but it looks like it was a mistake. Right. And they're going to have to walk it back. Speaking of that, Demagon, by the way, the numbers are have now. And you have a story in the Boston Globe. The numbers seem to be going back up again. Yeah, for the five times in the last seven days. Now, we don't have Wednesday's numbers yet, but five times in the last seven days, uh, Rhode Island's had 100 new confirmed cases. Uh, that wasn't the case. I mean, we, we were down to as low as in the 20s. Uh, per day just a month ago. And so you are starting to see it, uh, you know, tick up. What I'm interested in though, John, is you know, you're not, you're, you're seeing the hospital numbers stay relatively flat. Um, you know, you, unfortunately you are seeing somebody, at least one person die every day, um, but you're not seeing the nine, 10, 11 deaths that we were seeing at one point. Uh, and so, it, you know, the, the big question right now is, is this manageable? You know, should if you could just say, let's say you averaged 100 new cases a day for, you know, the foreseeable future, um, is that okay? And is that something that we can all manage? Or, you know, are we are we actually going up that that original curve where, you know, you jump from, you know, you, I can remember, John, when, when you and I were talking when 20 cases was a lot. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, a month, <clears throat> month or two later, we were talking about three and 400 new cases every day. And if you end up in that type of situation again, that's where the governor is going to have a real problem on her hands because she's going to have to kind of roll things back. And, uh, you know, it, it is hard to imagine uh, if the economy were to truly shut down again, heading into the fall and in the winter. I can't imagine what that would do. I mean, I think you'd see so many more businesses fail. Um, and, and, you know, you wouldn't have those options of, oh, can Federal Hill eat outside and things like that. You're not going to have that when it's cold. 
Uh, and so it, it's something certainly to monitor. I know the state's concerned about it. I know the governor is going to talk about some of the school plans today. Um, the, the the big one is though, you know, is this is this just the new normal, which may be manageable, or is it? No, no, this is a sign of things to come. We're gonna, you know, we'll be at two hundred a day soon. Folks, coming up, um, we are going to talk a lot more. Uh, interesting story in the Globe about the anti-Trumpers. Also, Mayor Lawrence has got a big speech coming up on Saturday. Uh, that and a lot more with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401 710 Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at, at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said, Ryan's Appliance Repair. He came right in, fixed the driver. Uh, dryer, excuse me, within five minutes. And then I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make uh, microwave popcorn and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. And then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. 7096 serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now Ryan offers a senior citizens discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor and he'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan 401-710-7096. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. Johnson Propane, folks, stop in and see Phil Johnson. You can call him at 621-8129, located 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Now, right in front of Stop and Shop next to Wendy's, they're open seven days a week for all your propane needs. It's Johnson Propane, propane tanks filled, plus they have tanks and supplies. Here's the thing with Johnson Propane. 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. They'll refill your Blue Rhino tank. Now, most of the time, if you bring it somewhere, they swap it out and they charge you 22 bucks. Not with Johnson Propane. Phil will refill that Blue Rhino tank for just $15. They're open seven days a week, right next door to Wendy's. Credit cards accepted. Nine to seven each day. Stop it and see Phil, and he never runs out. He's always backed up. Since 1971, you can depend. Johnson Propane. Bring in your propane tanks. Call them 621-8129. Better yet, stop in and see them. 904 Manton Avenue of Providence. Right in front of the stop and shop. The guy is a legend. And right next door to Wendy's, it's Johnson Propane. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. 
Folks, weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now, Providence and North of Providence, I want you to try the 99.9 FM. 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it to petro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that, on the dashboard, at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on Radio Show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show. Well, good morning, folks. It's John DePietro on this Friday. Uh, remember, weekdays, 11 to 2, right here. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com let's start with it i want to start and play for you the sound uh this is uh it's insulting it is governor Raimondo yesterday doing an interview tim white of channel 12 and then i'm gonna i'm gonna you know nothing is casual with the governor nothing's an accident remember she says things that for a purpose for a reason there's a message here i'm gonna tell you what the message is and and, and then I'll, I'll explain it. But let's hear again. This is yesterday. I did post this, by the way. If you go to the website, petro.com, we have the story. Ramundo calls the president insane. Here's her comments with Tim White of Channel 12. Delaying the election. Delaying the election. It's insane. Like, he's insane. He has no authority to... The whole reason Governor Ramundo, Tim White, that was something that uh, President Trump had floated out uh, with everything going on and schools are being delayed and everything's being delayed. And we're already seeing that it's I, I, I don't know about you folks. I, I don't feel comfortable with these mail ballots, everything being done through the mail. This is a very important election. I, I played the uh, the sound of the television station that did their own little mock thing and found that. Three out of 100 votes never showed up. Many of them showed up late. There was other mail mixed in with it. So with the 3%, when you're talking about 100 million votes, that's 3 million people whose votes would not end up showing up. But let's go to that comment. And can we actually play it again? Again, this is Governor Raimondo with Tim White of Channel 12. That, as far as I know. And she's saying that she feels that President Trump is insane because there's something much larger here that I want you to understand. Let's go to Tim White, sets it up. By the way, I, I'd like him. Not much pushback here, but um, it's his first time seeing her, interviewing her in a while. But let's uh, play it. Governor Raimondo. I in here that the president had tweeted out that he's <clears throat> floating the idea of... Yeah, I saw that. You saw that. Delaying the election. Delaying the election. It's insane. Like... He's insane. He has no authority to do that, as far as I know. Um, what does it say to you that he tweeted that out? He's losing his mind, you know? He's sending in federal agents into states for no apparent reason. No apparent reason. Now, there's a lot there. Let me touch on that. We're going to come back to the insane part. No apparent reason. See, these are talking points. Portland, 
she goes on to say, I'm not going to play the full thing. The governor goes on to say, what, why would you be sending said federal agents into Portland? Those are peaceful protesters. Have, have you seen, and I wouldn't blame you if you haven't, because the media has not covered it the way they should. Have you seen what is the situation in Portland? Why? That was a federal courthouse that they wanted to burn down. Why the president had to send in. Those people, you want to talk about people that are insane? Those people in Portland. Every single night, over 60 days, nonstop protesting. They throw bombs. They constant harassment. They have destroyed the area around the federal courthouse in Portland. You want to use the word insane? I'll tell you, that's who's insane. Those people are. What is the president supposed to do? And that has become the narrative, by the way. I've heard this from several Democrats. Can you imagine sending in federal troops? Can you imagine every single night till three in the morning, all these people going and they just uh, throw rocks and they go after the police and they've done so much damage and doing all this to a building? And all they talk about is sending, what does she say, federal agents in for no apparent reason. I'll tell you, between her and Cicilline, Their number one goal is to continue to insist that these people are protesters, even though anyone, a child, could look and say, what are they doing with their gas masks and the helmets and throwing things and screaming and vandalizing and they were setting fires. And I mean, my God, you look at the footage in Portland, Oregon, it looks like it's a foreign country. Now, let's get back to. And I want to touch on this is so important for you to understand. And no one will tell you this. There's a message there. This is voter intimidation. Governor Raimondo is saying President Trump is insane. So what does that make you if you want to vote for him? What does this make if you're an elderly person living in a nursing home? who happens to watch Fox News all day, who happens to, and the president has a lot of support amongst the elderly. What does this say to an elderly person who is saying, you know, I have a a Trump hat or a Trump pin or a flag or something, and yeah, I plan to vote. You're insane. He's insane. That makes you insane. And you know what the real message is, folks, for those that are in a nursing home in York now, as Governor Raimondo has just deemed you, If you want to support President Trump, you're insane. You know what that means? That means there's really no reason we should let your family visit you. Guess what? You're going to get COVID and you're going to die in this nursing home and you're not seeing your family because I control whether or not you get to see your family. And I've just deemed you insane. And if you have a Trump hat and you're a Trump supporter, well, then you must have. You lost your mind. Why should we waste our time? Why should we spread the virus with someone who's obviously insane? How about if you want to do business with the state? And there are. Governor Mundo, folks, this is a clear message. In her world now, she just deemed, and we'll play it again, she's saying President Trump is insane. If you're a supporter of his, well, birds of a feather, that makes you insane as well. And we don't have the time or the patience or the energy to deal with people that have clearly lost your mind. So now, if you, as I said, you want to do business with the state, you somehow have to interact with the state. How about a nursing home and the person happens to be a Trump supporter? Well, good luck. But let's really talk about the elderly 
and you want to vote for this president, you better think long and hard. Because Governor Raimondo is saying, I control if anyone sees you in that nursing home. That's a fact. They can't deny that. That is absolutely a fact. I decide, I decide whether or not you get to see your family again. And I'm just not sure it's worth the risk to have the virus spread with someone who's obviously insane if they're supporting President Trump. You want to talk about voter intimidation. My God. Does it have to be any clearer? Let's play it again. You know, there's many things the governor could have said. Governor Mundo could have said, I disagree with that. She even says, I don't think there's anything that can stop it. No, the talking points here is the president's insane. If you support him, what does that make you? And the people in Portland, I don't see why the president would be sending federal agents into a state other than that anyone sees it. It's a nightly riot. They're trying to burn down a courthouse, vandalizing, going after the police. The people, if you want to talk about, use the word insane. And by the way, during this pandemic, when people are suffering from depression, anxiety, people losing their jobs, they're fearful of their health, they've been locked down, to so recklessly throw that around. I mean, there are people who can be deemed for a variety of different reasons. Some of it genetic, by the way, that they have very, very strong mental challenges, bordering on unusual, insane behavior, perhaps. Um, we've seen some people start to lose it a little bit. They go somewhere and someone tells them to put on a mask or people just coming to blows. People are on edge. But the governor wants, so I think that's insensitive to toss that around with someone that's lost their business, lost their life savings, losing their career, fearful of the illness, can't see their sick mother or father in a nursing home. There are people that are seeking mental health. This is such a very challenging time for everyone. I think it's very, um, it's very insensitive at the least to throw around and mock people that are having some challenges with their mental health. I think it's another degree bordering on voter intimidation for any elderly person. The message here, especially those of you in a nursing home, if you think, if you just think, of voting for this guy. We will deem you insane and you will never see your family again. You're going to die in that nursing home alone of the coronavirus. Here's the governor with Tim White. For you to come in here that the president had tweeted out that he's floating the idea of... I saw that. You saw that. Delaying the election. Delaying the election. It's insane. Like, he's insane. He has no authority to do that, as far as I know. Um, what does it say to you that he tweeted that out? He's losing his mind, you know? And what does that say to any, anyone that was actually thinking of voting for that individual? <clears throat> I think it's insensitive, as I said at best. I, I, I don't see anything... And again, folks... Um, it's John DePietro. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. This is someone to me that just doesn't do things by accident. When she came out 
and said, our problem is, pause, we've been partying too much. That's a set line. So much of this is orchestrated, pre-thought, designed. Using the term, there's a lot, as I said, there are a lot of different ways you could have answered that question. I don't think we should. I think we should go ahead with the election. I don't like that idea at all. I don't think the president has the power to do that. But the labeling of insane is by design. That is to send you a message, a very clear message, especially elderly voters, people that do business with the state that might be a Trump supporter. That's almost like a separate situation. But there was no mistake on this. Let, let's, let's just call it what it is. There was no mistake on this. This wasn't done. Oh, did I say that? No. The message is very, very clear. And to label someone that, this is another element to intimidate you from voting for the president and also shame you. See, it's not enough that they're saying you're a racist if you're voting for him. That, that's not working. It's like they're trying to crack a code. You're going to support the president. You're going to vote for the president. They're trying to figure you out. They're trying to crack the code. What could we say that would make people not want? Because trying to push Biden is not working. Not for, again, for the Trump supporters. Trying to label you a racist, that's not working. Maybe if we label that, you know what? If you're voting for him, you are not of your sound mind. The next move, I kid you not, the next move is going to be Trump voters, listen to what I'm telling you, Trump voters will not, their votes won't count because they are not of sound mind because in her mind, Governor Armando, Trump's insane. So therefore, if you want to vote for him, connect the dots, that makes you insane. You're not of sound mind. So guess what? Your vote doesn't count. Very, very frightening times. Folks, stay tuned. A lot more head right here on The John DePietro Show.